And so a complaint is not a scary thing. No. It's actually a necessary part of a relationship. Mm. However, criticism really damages not just the person that's being criticized, Mm. but it damages the person who's doing the criticizing and it damages the relationship. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years. And we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. So welcome back to another episode of the Tangible Truths Podcast. I'm Carrie hanging out with Susan. Hey, Susan. Hey, Carrie. So um, last week, we had a repeat episode of one of our favorites. We actually started a series a couple weeks ago talking about relationship, marriage, but this can also be applied to a lot of other relationships, relationships, right? Yes, ma'am. And so Brad Franklin, who we work with, um, was a guest and we talked about conversations, staying below the line. And we had actually talked to Brad, gosh, a little over a year ago. Wow. Time flies. It really does. Um, On another episode where we talked about differentiation and how couples can stay connected. So we uh, dropped that last week. We're back this week with a brand new episode. Susan has an entire notebook of notes. (laughs) Yeah, I got into it. Listen, Normally, I'm the one who comes with pages and pages of research. I'm telling you, you are you're a number five, and you do the research. I and this do. time, I did it. You did the research, so I'm really excited to get into this. Mm-hmm. So, the topic that we're going to start talking about this week, we actually alluded to two or three weeks ago in one of our episodes with Brad, where we were talking about the Gottmans. Yes. Um, yes. They are marriage experts. They have what they call their love lab, where they've observed thousands and thousands of couples Mm -hmm. and come up with some basic principles of what can really be damaging to relationship. What I really like is they kind of separate. Okay. What separates healthy and unhealthy? Right. You know, and in that we find health in all relationships. Mm. So we apply it to all relationships. And that's what you and I really love to share with our listeners. So what does this look like? A health in relationships versus unhealthy relationships, Mm -hmm. because we've all experienced both health in relationships and we've all experienced unhealthy relationships. Every single one of us. Yeah. And why is that? Because we're human. Right. That's why. So today, you want to just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Today, we're going to talk about what we have just touched on is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Just that in and of itself, you kind of stop and go, oh, so this is serious, right? (laughs) It does sound like that. It does. And so the Gottmans have done this research and they've found four (laughs) things that if these things are present in a relationship, it really kind of speaks to there's some unhealthy stuff going on here. It really does. And so before we jump in on what they are, I really want to tell you where that name came from, mm-hmm. because it is kind of intimidating mm-hmm. when you hear that. Like yeah. you said, it, it's... But it makes you take it seriously. It does. Yeah. It does. It makes... I, it did me. Yeah. It did me when I first learned of it. But the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is a metaphor, mm-hmm. obviously, depicting the end of times in the New Testament. Okay. They describe conquest... War, hunger, and death. Okay. Respectively. Right. And so we we 
and therapy use this metaphor to describe communication styles, mm. which is what we went over yes. uh, in past episodes. And according to the research, Carrie, yes, I know you love research. I do. John Gottman says, I can predict the unhealth mm-hmm. of a relationship. Almost like 90%. 90% accuracy. So basically what the Gottmans have found is if these four things are present in a relationship, with 90% accuracy, he can predict whether or not that relationship's going to survive. That's what he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the good news. Mm-hmm. These four things are serious. Mm-hmm. They can be detrimental to any relationship. However, there's antidotes to all four of them. All four of them. So we're going to kind of unpack each of the four ones, mm-hmm. um, go into some detail about what it is, what it looks like in a relationship, and then what we can do if that's part of who we are as a person. And the reality is we all have all four of these in our lives at certain times. Absolutely. Because we are human. Because we are human. And just when you see, you know, that number or hear that number 90%, you don't want to go, oh, yeah, but you do look at it and go, wow, I want to see what these are. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about them because I don't want them. Yes. And you are right, Carrie. We've all experienced it, every single one Mm -hmm. of them. So I'm going to normalize that. But it's something to take note and something to, you want to know what you're fighting for always, but you also want to know what you're fighting against. Yes. Am I right? Absolutely. So that is what we want to make our listeners aware of. Yeah. I want to know what I'm fighting against to maintain a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. I want to know what I'm fighting for to maintain a healthy relationship. So, of course, we'll give antidotes, but of course, we want to say, this is what you're fighting against. Yeah. Yeah. And are you aware of these in any of your relationships mm-hmm. that you have? Have you ever been able to identify and go, oop, I didn't call it that. But I that's what know, it was. But that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I need to be aware. I need to fight against that. And then how can I, how can I get that out yeah. if I can? Or when it creeps back in, how can I recognize it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's the thing with these things. This is on a spectrum. Like we might occasionally, when we're in a really bad place, we're really tired. We've had a really bad day. Slip into one of these things. That's different than this is always present in every conversation that we have in our relationship. Totally. And so, of course, if we can recognize those things early Mm -hmm. and apply antidotes and, you know, look inward, be humble enough to say, oh, wait, hang on, Mm -hmm. that's in me and I need to do something about it on the front end, Mm -hmm. it doesn't continue to build and build and build and become a huge problem that's going to tear the relationship apart. 100%. And I want to tell you, humility, Mm -hmm. if we all had humility, I don't think we'd be doing a podcast. (laughs) We'd be out of a job. We'd be out of a job. You know, that takes care of everything. Yeah. Because you recognize it immediately. You say, I'm sorry. And hey, yeah, I, I need to yeah. punch the restart button. But humility is a hard thing because we're fighting against mm-hmm. all of those protective measures we have in ourselves to keep mm-hmm. us safe. So that's exactly right. Okay. So we've got four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into the first one. What is the first well, horseman? Well, you want to tell what all four of them are? first and yeah. then start into the first okay. one? Yeah. Because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Because the the metaphor that we, we're using that right. I said they were, if you remember, conquest, war, hunger, and death. So what we're dealing with in our relationships mm-hmm. are criticism, mm-hmm. contempt, mm. defensiveness. Yep. 
Ouch. Yep. And the last one, stonewalling. <sighs> okay. Even just hearing those, I'm like, okay, I can understand why that would be harmful to a relationship. Thank you. Those are really serious things. They are very serious. Yes. Things. But then also at the same time, I'm like, ooh, I've been critical. I've held contempt towards somebody. I've very much been defensive. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, stonewalling can be my method of self-protection. There you go. I tend to withdraw and pull back when I'm feeling threatened or hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here going, oh, wow, those things are horrible. And then recognizing all four of them have played a part in my life. And all of ours. Yeah. So let's start with number one. Okay. Okay. The first horseman, <laughs> if you will, is criticism. Mm. And we are giving credit where credit's due, you know, for the definition, if you okay. will. We got our information from the Gottman Institute, but then we'll unpack it. Yes. So criticizing your, your partner or your friend or in whatever relationship. Or your child. You're in, or your child. Mm. Okay. Is different than offering a critique hmm. or voicing a complaint. Okay. Okay. Just, I'm glad we're making that distinction. I am too, because it's huge. Yeah. The latter two are about specific issues. Okay. Okay. Whereas the former is more of an attack. Mm. So it is attack on whoever you're in a relationship yeah. with. It's an attack on the person themselves. On themselves. Not on necessarily their, on the behavior. Exactly. Yeah. On their character. Mm, yeah. So I will attack, if I'm a, if it's you, yeah. I'm attacking you and your very, at the very core of who you are. Right. And your character. Yeah. In effect, you are dismantling their whole being, mm. you know, when you criticize. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about what you're doing. I'm talking about you. Yes. I'm putting you down. So it's a huge difference between a, there's a huge difference, I should say, between a complaint and a criticism. Yeah. Well, one of the things we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Brad is there has to be conflict in relationship. Uh Like it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And so complaint is part of that. Yes. Right. Right. If a house has to function well, a relationship has to function well, we have to be able to go to our partner and say, Hey, we need to talk about this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so a complaint is not a scary thing. No. It's actually a necessary part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. However, criticism really damages not just the person that's being criticized, mm-hmm. but it damages the person who's doing the criticizing and it damages the relationship. That's exactly right. Both. An example that was given, and I like it, like a little caveat. When you're criticizing, not mm-hmm. me, I don't believe you're forgetful. I believe you're selfish. Mm, so yeah. if they forgot to do something, right. they're, they're actually distinguishing. Like, I don't believe you forgot that. I believe you're just selfish. I don't believe you ever think of me. Yeah. If I were to tell my husband, you know, stop off at the grocery store on your way home mm-hmm. and get milk and eggs, mm-hmm. and he brings home you know, a bag of chips or something. Right. I might go off on him or yeah. something and I may attack his character. Of course you didn't you never you never think of me. Yeah. You never remember anything I say. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm going off on him, blaming him. And it's right. about him. And it has nothing to do with groceries. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing, most of the time it has nothing to do with what you're actually talking right. about. Nothing yeah. to do with groceries. That is criticism mm. of the person. Mm-hmm. And it's not a complaint. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes this can come across really subtle. 
Yes. You know, it may not always be a direct verbal attack. It can be a slamming cabinet doors, mumbling under your breath. You know, I'm the only one who ever cleans up around here. You know, those kinds of things. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's not, as you were mentioning earlier, if, if you don't stop, Mm-hmm. and repair that, right. then it is repeated mm-hmm. over and over again to the point where it becomes a pattern. So yeah. we've discussed patterns mm-hmm. when we talked earlier mm-hmm. about communication. And a pattern, if it does become a pattern, then it will turn into the second horseman, right. which we will be talking about later, Yes, uh, which leads into contempt. Yeah. So, And we won't get into contempt right this second. But if this one is not stopped, mm-hmm. criticism, it will turn into mm-hmm. contempt yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing you say is that this could escalate. Definitely. Right? What starts off as just those little nitpicky statements that we make mm-hmm. of, Why'd you do that? And Mm -hmm. don't put that there. Put it here. And those little harsh kind of criticisms Mm -hmm. that we make unchecked escalates into a pattern that we get sucked into. Mm -hmm. And now we're now it's just routine. Now it's just this is how we talk to each other. Yes, exactly. And so what we have to do with criticism Mm -hmm. is we need an antidote. Yeah, absolutely. for, For criticism. You've heard us talk earlier mm-hmm. about a gentle startup. Right. Versus a harsh startup. Versus a harsh startup. Yeah. It's critical here when we're talking about complaint versus criticism. Mm-hmm. So a gentle startup would be something like starting using an I state. Mm. Like, I was scared. Because we were running late, and I thought something was wrong with you. Right. So, please call if you're running late Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Versus a very harsh startup. We're always late. Mm -hmm. It's always your fault. Right. You never think to call me. Never. Yeah. So, again... You statements versus I statements. Totally. Also, what I noticed in there was your tone of voice was drastically different. Totally. Yeah. It was a, uh, my tone of voice was different. I used an I statement. Yeah. I also used a feeling. Yes. Like I was scared. I was scared because you were late. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it was totally different. Yeah. And so there was no criticism to the person's character at all. Yeah. And I was not blaming. Mm. I showed my feeling that I was scared Mm -hmm. and that we were running late. So a gentle startup can really be an antidote to criticism. It changes everything. Yeah. Because you will also hear another horseman is defensiveness. Right. And so we're not going to talk about that this second, but I will tell you that a gentle startup keeps the other person from jumping back at you and being defensive. Right. So the gentle startup is key. Mm -hmm. Because I'm just thinking like, if you came to me and you said, you're always running late and it's, you know, your fault. Well, of course I want to be defensive in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. As opposed to, I was really scared Mm -hmm. that something had happened to you. Mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to be defensive there. Right. So I can see how these things kind of play off of each Mm -hmm. other. And, you know, kind of lead one leads to the other. Yes. Yes. This just happened to us, uh, Steve and I. Yeah. With Gunner. Okay. Our dog. Yes. And so Gunner has to stay, even though we're outside of city limits, Gunner used to be able to play outside, 
do all this kind of stuff. But now that Color Park is out there, right? Gunner is a social butterfly, <laughs> and unless Steve's out there with him, he'll run to Color Park. Sure. And so, sure enough, after the rain, Steve and Gunner were out working in the yard. Steve came inside. And um, it, sometimes that happens. It gonna will stay out there. Yeah. But after the rain, he uh, he ran to Color Park, and mm-hmm. Steve forgot. And Steve had just gotten him a new collar. Oh. And his, of course, we have Gunner's name and right. her number and all that. But he hadn't put the new oh, name no. tag on there. Oh no! So when he came back in, he yeah he forgot. So I was like. <gasps> I wanted to go, what? Yes. You left him, you know, out there. Yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. It was not a, it was a, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Because I knew he was hurting. Right. Right. And so I didn't. Yeah. I am scared for Gunner. I said, I'm so scared for Gunner. And what do we need to do? Right. So we got in the car and drove around. Yeah. So I didn't. Yes. And so for all the dog lovers out there, we want you to know that Gunner has been found and he's safe. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So that's a good thing. Right. But we didn't know all night. Right. We went to bed. Right. I didn't sleep a wink. Uh, yeah, but well, one of the things that you said there, Susan, that I'm so thankful that you shared, because a lot of times we look at people with good relationships and we think, oh, well, this is just easy for them and mm-hmm. they don't struggle with this. But one thing that you said that I was like, oh, thank God she said that is what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. My instinct was mm-hmm. What do you mean you left him outside by himself? Right? <laughs> yes. And so that's really reassuring to me to know that that's our natural instinct. Yes. Because you were also scared for Gunner. Yes, I was scared to death. Right? And so you're not thinking rationally. Mm-mm. And your first response is lash out, be critical, mm-hmm. you know, point fingers, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And so it's not wrong that that's our first instinctual response Mm -hmm. however we need to slow the process down totally listen to ourselves Mm -hmm. get curious about why am i so upset right now Mm -hmm. and then be like okay how do i actually need to talk to my partner what do i actually need to stay to steve right now right and so for you to take us a breath and a moment to go i'm not going to blame him for leaving the dog alone instead i'm going to say what i'm really feeling i'm scared too it's exactly how it went down. Yes. Exactly. And so I hope that helps. It helps me. I hope it helps our listeners to know that this is a process mm-hmm. that's going on internally. Mm-hmm. There's a struggle there and we've got to kind of be attuned to that. And that's exactly the difference mm-hmm. between complaint and criticism. Yeah. So something else there that I would love for us to hit on. We've got uh, just a brief moment left. Can you talk about our assumptions of our partner and how that plays into a antidote for criticism. Because when we assume our partner's a terrible person, Mm -hmm. we're going to be critical. But when we assume goodness in our partner, it helps us to have those gentle startups and approach them differently. Yes. And you know, that's everything, isn't it? If we view our spouse view our friend, view our child as good, they tend to act that way toward us. When they know we assume the worst of them, Mm. they will deliver. 
And just like if we feel like people assume the worst of us, yeah. you know, it's hard to prove different. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to bring our best into it, that relationship. It really is. And yeah. we're not ourselves. We're walking on eggshells. Yeah. That's the way I am. Yeah. When I, if I know you don't like me, yeah. I'm, I tend to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. instead of just being Susan, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I have to fight that, yeah. you know, it's just this tension, mm. whether it's good or bad or whatever. Um, am I asking God to work through me still? Yeah. Yes, of course, but it's a tension. I even tell my couples that are in here, you know, to remind each other, I'm not your enemy. Yeah. You know, I'm not your enemy. And that even may sound odd for couple therapy, but we do have to remind each other mm-hmm. we're not each other's enemy. Yeah. Because you're treating each other like you are, mm-hmm. oddly enough. And when you're criticizing, full of contempt, defensive, stonewalling. Right. That kind of is treating each other like your enemy. Absolutely. And you have to remind each other and assume the good. Yeah. Because if you're looking for good, you will find it. Right. And when you're always looking for the bad, it is there. Mm-hmm. And so which are you looking for? Yeah. Are you looking for the good? Are you assuming good? And are you looking for the bad? Mm-hmm. Because they're looking for good or bad in mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly looking for, if it's always going to be their fault, they just kind of give up. Yeah. Why are they? It's gonna, like, what's the point of putting effort why? into this if you automatically think I'm the bad guy? Why would they? Yeah. You know, if it's always their fault and vice versa, you may feel that way. Mm-hmm. If they're always blaming you, why do I try? Yeah. You know, so it's, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So yes, it makes all the difference in the world to, like that initial response, like you said. Yeah. I had to get outside myself like, Steve is hurting. Yeah. You know, that's his yeah. best friend. You know, dog's best yes, friend. Yes, that's his I mean, best Steve friend. Steve Gunner outside, yes. you know. Yeah. He's dying inside, too. I can't I can't go there, Yeah, you know, because I know he's hurting, and he did not do that on purpose and right. all that. And I just had to Because he's narrative. a good dog dad. Oh, he is the best dog dad. And that changes your perspective yes. on the whole situation. Yes. Yeah. I love Steve, and I love Gunner. And I love Steve Moore. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to wrap up, criticism is the first horseman that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It can be really toxic to a relationship. However, the good news is a gentle startup mm-hmm. using I statements and assuming the good in the other person is the antidote to criticism. And those are three things that we can really begin to implement in all of our relationships. Yes, yes. The antidote is huge. Uh, Talk about your feelings using I statements. Yes. Yes, and express a positive need. Okay, Mm -hmm. those are things we can do. Now, if we don't apply the antidote to criticism Mm. and criticism becomes an escalating pattern in our relationship... Then it can turn into what we're going to talk about next week. Contempt. Yeah. And nobody wants anything to do with contempt. It's not good. It's not. At all. Yeah. So we'll dive into that next week and we hope you join us. Yes. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.